0: Podcast listeners of the world, unite. This week we're going to be talking about Raul Peck's The Young Karl Marx. Join us, will you? 10 9 8, 7, 6, 5.
1: Hey, welcome to I Dig This Movie. I'm we Seward, an independent filmmaker and photographer, as well as a guy who wonders, Austin, in our intellectual bromance, which one of us is Marx and who's Engels.
0: And I'm Austin Hayden-Smith, philosopher, actor, writer, producer, etc., etc., etc. And I've actually thought long and hard about this after you texted me this question uh, the other day. And I don't really know because you're a little bit more irritable than I am and more willing to fight, which is very Marxian. But at the same time, Angle's had some spirit too, so I'm trying to figure out how to position you more than myself. Does that make sense?
1: Mm, Yeah, well, I mean, you've only got to the end of this podcast, Austin. If you don't come up (laughs) with an answer at the end of this podcast, who knows what'll happen. How do you Yeah. yeah. Nice to meet you. Zunela owns foundries.
0: He employs many workers, including children. Child labor and factories,
1: but we've no choice without child labor we'd price ourselves out of the market and where would a society without exploitation leave people like you you would have to work too wouldn't that be horrible son révolte contre l'ordre existant contre there are
0: two kinds of men that have been forged by manual labor and men who profit
1: from the fruits of that labor
0: this has got to stop it's intolerable. Count yourselves lucky, I don't sack
1: the lot of you. I hate and
0: despise gentlemen. They are swine who grow fat on the sweat of laborers. We are
1: fed for the scrap heap, is that what you're saying? You
0: heard him. get out. Sie können uns und in unschlawaschen nicht töten können,
1: Mr. Ding. Ah, next to hinter Gittern wird uns allen ganz gut tun. Meine Herren, wär's soweit. Karl, darf ich vorstellen? Friedrich Engels.
0: Haben Sie meine Texte gelesen? Ich habe Ihre gelesen. All right, cool. So basically, this is a story about dot, 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 the young Karl Marx. And it's um, a very sort of expositional journey about the development of his ideas, from prior to him meeting his lifelong collaborator and financer, uh, Friedrich Engels. Uh, it also delves into a little bit of Carl's uh, family life with his wife, Jenny, Jenny Marks, and a little bit about uh, the children that they Marks have. Marx gets down. He does get down. It was one of the things that was nice about this is you get to see that he isn't just like, you know, because we forget about people in history because they're names and they have reputations, and you forget mm. that, you know what, they fucked. You know, (laughs) and uh, you know
1: what else? You know what else? He probably took shits.
0: He probably took shits, just like with Jesus. I remember I was sitting in class at my like evangelical university, and I think one of the we had like one of these sort of. He wasn't quite. He didn't quite fit in with everybody else's dogmatism, right? And I remember one time he wanted to make it a point that it was very clear that if Jesus is a hundred percent man and a hundred percent God, that hundred percent man side probably had nocturnal emissions, and so we need to remember mm. that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm sure they loved that. Yeah,
0: they did not love that. Um, But we also get a little bit of insight into the young Angles from – he's coming from a sort of bourgeois family. His father is a wealthy capitalist who owns uh, an industrial corporation. And Angles is exposed to some of the harsh treatment of the workers, particularly the treatment of one sassy, beautiful, young Irish woman. And it's always the, like, impulses of desire and sex that get people into revolution, isn't it? Like you look at the Trojan Wars – it's about a woman and it's about sex and desire. Like that shit can really cut through a lot of uh, a lot of, it, it can ignite, let's say, a lot of powerful movements in the world. But anyways,
1: who's who is, who is Lenin banging?
0: <laughs> I'm sure there was something, or it's repressed libidinal energy. There's 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 some way, some Freudian reading of how sex is involved in all of this. I'm sure. Um, but so then you uh, trace the journey of uh, Marx's. You know, he's uh, an, an early journalist who's caught up with this group called the Young Hegelians. He gets a little bit critical of some of their positions. He ends up meeting Friedrich Engels, who had also written. Uh, Some works prior to their getting together, Angles uh, is notable in his own right for documenting about the horrible working conditions of the English working class. Uh, He's working uh, in the Manchester area, and uh, he documents that. Then they come together, and they realize that they have a sort of shared mission, Um, so they work together to develop some early writings where they're, one, contesting some of the popular let's say revolutionary sentiments of the day as characterized particularly in the work of a guy named uh monsieur Proudhon, uh Proudhon, for those of you out there who's a really famous historical anarchist and uh, french anarchist uh, kind of distancing themselves from them and then also you get the sort of like what marx and Engels refer to later as the utopian socialists the kind of christian socialists as represented by the league of the just who are concerned with how all men are brethren and uh, we need to just unite together through uh, like respect and honor and justice and patience and kindness and things like that, whereas Marx and Engels, you start to see their ideas developing as they culminate towards the pamphlet that they write known as the Communist Manifesto, which is like the culmination of the film, which basically says, no, not all men are brothers, but actually there is a clear class division between – that is a violent class division between the people who are uh, have control over the machines and have control over the means of subsistence and then of course the people who have to scrape and fight to survive and so you kind of get taken along the journey the intellectual journey a little bit of the personal journey you can kind of see the development of how their ideas kind of Uh, come to flower at least culminated uh, up into 1848 where they published the communist manifesto and that's basically what this film is about it's a little bit about uh, the personal side the family side you do see some of the family dynamics with carl and jenny and his children you also see a lot of bromance stuff between carl and friedrich Engels, and then you see a little bit also about uh, angles relationship with mary who was this Activist in her own right who was a bit of a rabble rouser within the working class and uh, that's kind of what she's known for historically as well. So uh, Directed by Rol Peck who's uh, an activist and who is a documentary filmmaker so here, I said that I thought that you might find this film interesting um, because you aren't someone who has read a lot of Marxist theory or a lot of Marxist literature what did you think about this film without getting into like critical elements uh like direction and stuff like that. What did you just think of this film at the level of content?
1: Um I mean at the level do you mean in terms of like what did it say about Marxism is is that what you mean?
0: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like what did you think about that how that ties into like his personal development and his relationship with um, angles and shit like that.
1: I mean, I, here's here's the thing. Here's what I have this written down in in my in my notes. This feels like Philosophy fan fiction. Yeah. You know, it feels like, you know, somebody like, uh, there's this movie that's come out um, recently. I think it's called like after or something like that. But it's like, basically it's like based off some fan fiction where like uh, this woman wrote like a book, but it's all the characters are the one direction characters, the one direction people, (laughs) because she's so close like enamored with one direction that she just wants to write stories about what they're doing. And, it's kind of like what this feels to me. It feels like, you know, Raul Peck, he's like, he's really fascinated by these people, so just likes the idea of like playing around with them doing things. I mean, I, I did, I don't know. I didn't.
0: Yeah, You know what? I was thinking that the best way I would describe it, you know how you get frustrated with the Avenger films because they're just obsessed with like the inside baseball culture so it's all about Easter eggs so that fanboys can like go back onto their blogs and be like, oh my god, there's a reference to this person or this comic book issue or this, but, but, but that's how this was. Someone like me was sitting there like, oh, they intentionally say this person's name. Because I'm like they want you to, re- to think about how you know the battles that Marx had with this person. Or, oh, they mentioned this publication because historically it was extremely important so you understood why Marx wrote this book because it was a response to that other book. And so it felt a little Easter egg-y, you know? Like I've seen this before. Um, but, but on this viewing I was much more critical and it's very, it's very Easter egg-y. Um, I think when you watch this film, and if you are a fanboy and you're interested in either the history of political thought or you're interested in Marxist philosophy or something like that, then you're going to geek out on all of the subtle references. But if you're not, then it might just seem a little scattered because it's just like names and topics and ideas and here's a book and here's something I said and here's a line and it's extremely expositional. And so I feel like that kind of... It, it It's not as subtle and it's not as dramatic and narratival as it could be, because it is just kind of like it's almost pitched like a documentary, but told through the story of sort of like a fictional a fictionalized account of history.
1: Well I think that's that's kind of the thing with it is that i I'm not really sure that I feel like I ultimately know that much about Marx. You know, I. It was really interesting because I then watched a short documentary on YouTube about Marx and also like the the legacy of Marxist ideas because it's kind of that thing if I wanted to get like some sort of like historical context with it. And it was just that that weird thing where I'm like, I didn't I, I didn't really learn that much in this film that you know, like, like obviously like the it didn't feel like I actually learned that much about Marx. I mean, what I learned was that you know. Marx had a lot of meetings and he, you know, sort of annoyed a lot of people, you know, it was, it was, it was, listen, I don't man, know, it just, it listen, was, man,
0: that's pretty much his intellectual biography. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's like, it's like that it, it doesn't do much for the, uh, the old joke that, um, you know, communists love meetings. Um, mm. it's. It's like, um, I remember, like, I think it was Alia Kazan, who, when he was talking about why he didn't uh, he didn't end up sticking with communism, he's like, because they just want to have fucking meetings all the time. It's exhausting.
0: Brother, this is, trust me, as somebody who is an active member in left organizing in communities, this is something that comes up. All the time with people that are criticizing it like Jesus, you just want to fucking sit around and talk, you know, all the goddamn time. And it's not that they're not doing stuff on the street level as well and organizing and actually trying to build class power and trying to fight for legislative change and things like that. But there is a lot of meeting and it takes a lot of time and it can be fucking exhausting. And I think it bears on people sometimes a little too much, you know.
1: Well, I mean, I think the problem is that there's a there's some strains of things where I could see myself being more interested in this. Like, again, I was somewhat interested in the idea of, like, the infighting and how yeah. it, um But, you know, I, I think part of my problem is that ultimately I don't feel like the film ever really questions who's right in all of this. So it's really just kind of like Mark's almost being like, why are you guys make dicks? I'm clearly right. And the film's like, yeah, he's clearly right, guys, so just shut the fuck up. Mm. Um... And I and I suppose, like, that's the problem to a certain extent, is it feels like the film very much has a final point that it wants to get to, this sort of big romanticized point of him, you know, writing the Communist Manifesto. And I just don't give a fuck. That doesn't really hold much, like... I mean, I'm, I'm interested so much in it as a historical element, but I don't... Like, the bit where it's, like, cutting across the workers and stuff like that, I'm kind of sitting there going, like, I'm not sure, like, I find this like that romantic an ending or that exciting an ending the fact that he's written the communist manifesto. I and mean, I think that's it. I think, I think the levels to which Raoul Peck is enamored with Marx means that, you know, he's obviously finding a lot interesting in this story that I'm just genuinely not finding that interesting. Um, mm. I mean, and I think, you know, that's, I mean, that was, that was the thing I would say is like, it felt kind of like a TV drama to me. And, most of it just kind of I I wouldn't say it went over my head because it's not like I understood it, but I didn't find it that exciting or interesting. I I will say I'm kind of glad that there wasn't a moment like you know the eureka moment like there's I I always think of it I mean I, this has never happened, but I always think like in a, in a movie about um Einstein where he suddenly was like looking uh or he suddenly just goes you know what I have a theory. <laughs> It's about relativity, you know, or something like that. I kind of feel like it didn't do that, which I liked, you know, I kind of like that it was at least kind of trying to build a little bit more. But my room was like, anytime we went to like say stuff like the factory, that was the stuff I was interested in. And we didn't, we don't really deal a lot with like the factory. And yeah, you know, like I'm not really sure. I find just watching these two guys intellectualize with each other that interesting.
0: Yes. So this is my biggest problem with the film as story art it's that it doesn't it's that's why i said it's too expositional it's it's a film about people thinking and sharing ideas which if you're interested in those ideas and if you're interested in the development of those ideas you can really find the drama in it like you can find the drama in from the opening scene when he's criticizing the young hegelians and he's mentioning these names like ruga and bauer and all these you're like oh i know about that And that matters because the stakes have already been filled in by your own personal development prior, right? But to really see these people saying like, oh, but you're being a romantic or like, oh, you think that this is the way to do it, but it's got to be this way. But they're just sitting there. They're talking about ideas rather than living the ideas. It takes away from what I think what is a more powerful version of this story, which cross cuts this development of ideas with the activism in the factories now they try to do that they try to do that but clearly peck is more interested in um exploring the conceptual development rather than the sort of boots on the ground developments that are consonant with and that really drive a lot of the conceptual development like angles the reason that angles and marx make their their friendship is because marx is like hey i've read your analysis of the working class conditions in in england and it's fucking amazing like how did you get that insight? And he's like, well, you know, I'm I'm dating a working class woman, you know? And uh, and she gave me insight. And that's true. That's a true story is that that Mary Byrne So
1: what you're saying is that Marx and Engels were guilty of cultural appropriation.
0: <laughs> no, no, because because they I mean Engels is uh extremely bourgeois. Um Marx comes from a bourgeois family. His wife is from like an a, an aristocratic family and they sort of disavow that to fight for the working class and and they do struggle themselves. They are part of those movements like they are they are part. They, they are embedded in those communities. But the problem is I don't think Peck shows enough of that. I don't think he shows enough of, of how it is that they are integrated. And so, you know, I was watching this movie and you know what I was comparing it with in my mind this time, um, the wind that shakes the barley. And the reason I think is because you get a similar sort of tension between, OK, what's the road that we take? Do we take the radical revolutionary road? or the sort of pragmatic, compromise, slow, evolutionary, reformist development. And that's represented by the two brothers. The difference is, is the way that Loach tells that story is that it's not just about the conceptual development of ideas. It's about the actual struggle on the ground with people fighting against these invading powers or then against your uh, fellow countrymen who are split in how to handle things. And there are moments where they're debating the concepts but that's all buttressed by the real on-the-boot stuff that's going on, and that ha- yeah, and he shows that much better, I think, than Peck does in this film.
1: Well, I think the difficulty is that Peck, the way Peck has chosen to tell this story, is just inherently not a very cinematic way of telling the story. It's very it it, it lacks a certain amount of stakes. It lacks a certain amount of high drama, because even like. Of course, like Marx is getting kicked out of various countries, he's getting you know he doesn't have um, much money to his name. But I don't feel like the film ever really gets that much drama out of that, and it always mm. kind of feels like it. It doesn't really feel like it puts that much of a strain on his marriage, you know. Uh, you know, his wife seems fairly enamored with him all the way through, and it's it's it. it well, it she's lacks she's a committed. Of,
0: that's the, she's committed to the cause too. Is it in but her own see, right, you, and that's you something. You see what I mean, though. There's not yeah. a lot
1: of stakes in any of that. It's just yeah. kind of like it's it's like okay, so he now he goes to this other place, and he's going have a, he's gonna have a meeting here, and then he's gonna meet up with this uh intellectual and say, hey, actually you're a dickhead and that intellectual's going like, Fuck you, Marx, and then that's and then he'll go somewhere else and he'll meet up with this group. And this group's like, you seem like a dickhead and Marx is like, fuck you, I'm gonna take over your whole party. Mm. Um but I'm gonna do it by having a meeting and then just and just changing the banner at a um at a uh at a at a, at a talk. You know, it's it's um and I mean look, I'm not saying the film needs to have like Marx like wielding a sword and, like, <laughs> fighting people like Zorro or something like that. Um, but I I just kind of feel like there's something lacking in it you know and I feel mm. like maybe if you had some I mean even like the way that at the end it sort of montages it with these images of the workers I'm kind of like, the workers never aside from like the Irish woman who angles is with the workers never really feel like they're anything more than a sort of um, symbolic figurehead in this mm. film mm. and I think it just would have been nice if we could have had some way of personalizing that conflict yes. far more so I mean again like I remember when I was uh, you know a, a young adult you know reading upton sinclair's the jungle and it's just like it's uh you know the stories from that have like just as much power today as they did then and to me something like that is far more effective than watching some intellectuals discuss you know discuss the problems um and, and i'm just saying you know maybe even fiction wasn't the right way to do this maybe the better way would have just been to make a documentary about like marx's process or how marx you know did this because i just i don't find this story very cinematic
0: Mm. yeah i agree um it is interesting and i think part of this is probably because i think peck is i think first and foremost a political activist but then secondly a document a documentary filmmaker right and so
1: Which you I think you can feel because yeah. his his strength, he seems to kind of shoot everything far more in a way where he's just, you know capturing scenes. Yeah, you know, I, I strangely don't really ever feel much of an attempt to kind of get into Marx's head or get the real sub- subjective view of Marx. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it it feels far more like, you know, he's just trying to create a world and shoot that world in a much more straightforward fashion.
0: Yeah, there's um It's funny you mentioned the bit about like the culmination and how it didn't quite have the dramatic gravitas that you would hope in uh, a cinematic piece. There's the bit where they go to see Proudhon and they go to ask him for his help and he has to respectfully decline because he's old and he's busy and he doesn't have the energy and he hands both Marx and Engels his newest book, um, which is a philosophy of poverty, right? And then Marx, all right, Check,
1: check.
0: Coming back in. So it's the philosophy of poverty. And so then Marx and Engels, they take that book and they go back. They're in Brussels at this point uh, in exile at one of the many places where Marx has been exiled. <laughs> and they're in Brussels. And they are kind of like, well, we're going to – even though they've been friendly with Proudhon and he asks them, you know, like to be polite because you – it's kind of like subtly indicated throughout that Marx is – got quite the bite with his pen in his rhetorical responses and even though he's friends with prudhomme and he knows he's going to be critical he kind of says you know let's not engage in like throwing, basically and uh they get back in marks and angles they read the book and they're kind of like i'm gonna have to write this response or whatever like we're gonna have to take him down kind of thing right and it's meant to be this
1: basically he makes the 19th century equivalent of a youtube response <laughs> video <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's supposed to be this kind of this this dramatic uh like kind of denouement moment, right? And then they and he goes to this this uh sequence where Marx is writing and then Engels is struggling at the table where he's reading and writing and they're crafting their res- their response. And and I was sitting there thinking to myself and it's like this like little slide uh, camera, you know, it kind of like it's like a it's on it's on a track, so it's like a tracking slide to the right, and it goes over, and then it kind of goes back, and and then he like cross fades the images, and I was like, okay, from a technical perspective, one, I kind of found it rather simplistic. Um, it, it felt like God, I'm going to sound like such an asshole because I recommended this film, and I still think that there's value in this film, but it, it was very sort of amateur in the way that it was put together. And it was it was trying to say like this is a culminating moment of emotion and power and import. And it just really fell flat to me. Because it's just a guy sitting on a sofa reading a book and writing, and another guy sitting at a table, like putting his hand on his head like he's stressed out, like flipping his his messed up hair back. And I'm like, Well, that that's not There's there's no there's no stakes here, there's no drama here, unless you are invested in how important this book is in the history of the development of radical political thought in France at the time. But that's not that's not it it's not showed to us. You have to project that based on your previous study. And that is where the film really lacks, I think.
1: Well, and it's one of those things too, where I think I think this is kind of the, the the difficulty. Of something like this, I mean, you know, it, it, it's again like if you're going into making a film about, you know, Freud or Darwin. I mean, you've got to find something beyond, you know, the, these are important intellectual thinkers and their work is incredibly important. But you, you've got to find something beyond them writing a book, you know, as the okay. As let the me ask you. Did you thrust?
0: Did you like? Did you like the? darwin film with jennifer connelly and uh whatever his name is i did not her see husband it. in real life okay i did what however, about watched, did you see
1: uh dangerous method with um that's what i was gonna ask okay Diego mortensen and um yeah the cronenberg film which
0: and kira knightley yeah did you like that one
1: different because of course actually it sets Jung and freud up as much more of Uh, There's there's a rivalry there. There's more of a kind of like intellectual rivalry. It's it's more dynamic. Plus, there's some weird sex shit in it. So it's like there's (laughs) there's more stakes in that film. I mean, that film is fairly talky, but there's more there's more dramatic heft to it. But I also think that film's not coming from the perspective of this is this is not a you know again this is kind of a love letter to Marx. Uh, you know, Dangerous Method is not a love letter to Freud. And I think that's part of, at yeah. the heart of it, where the problem is, that Raoul is so is clearly so enamored with Marx that mm. I don't think he's really got that much to say about him. Like, I don't think Marx is, at least as he's portrayed in the film, is that complex or that interesting, you know? I also think, weirdly, I do think that um, they've cast him too old. Because, like, Marx, is, oh, definitely. Marx needs to be I, – and I, I think the fact that, you know, at one point they go, like, oh, I'll be 30, and I'm like, dude, you look well past 30. And I think that
0: – Well, they're 20 – he's 20 – he's, like, 24 at the beginning of the film, and you're like, August Deal is not
1: 24. And I think that – <laughs> but I think that hurts it as well. I think you need, like uh, – you, mm. you need some kind of young, hungry guy. He looks like a guy who's already been through some shit, and you're just kind of like, I don't – Okay. Yeah.
0: Yes. You yeah, know, yes, exactly. And not only has he been through shit, but he has a comfort and an ease that doesn't make him seem panicked with the conflict that he's facing. Whereas if you're young and naive and you haven't got all the, the battle scars and you aren't as accustomed to how to navigate these these terrain, the, the these seas, then then that creates a little bit more stakes. Whereas August Deal. He very—he's—like, even just the way he smokes his cigarette, it's almost like, I got this. I'm cool. Like, and I was—and then even the way that his sexual relationship is with Jenny, it's, it's not that you—that they probably didn't have a sexual, healthy relationship. Sure, that's entirely possible. But in trying to humanize him so much, I'm afraid that they made him almost too suave.
1: Well, and yeah, and I think that's the interesting thing, right? Because I was thinking about this a lot because, I, like I said, I watched this documentary, and this documentary is far more about— um, the legacy of Marx. So people talk about, you know, people who are, people have obviously extreme views on Marx. He's either this kind of great messianic, you know, intellectual heavyweight who, you know, did these great things, or he's uh, the 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 beginning of, you know, the most evil government organizations in the world. You know, depending on what your political viewpoints are. Um and I think it is interesting in theory the idea of trying to bring it back to this this guy big more of a man but I think you're very right I think there's actually kind of a distancing effect in the fact that it, 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 the the way in which that the film tries to humanize him is to kind of try and make him look like a look cool and I just and I yeah. and I I just kind of it doesn't ever feel like he lacks any control which again I think hurts it when it comes down to say things like, things like the money issues or, you know, um, or, you know, even mm. like his safety in terms of like, you know, getting arrested by police and stuff like that is like, he, he always seems to just be kind of like, you know, uh, you know, it's like when he shows up when like the, the money lender, the, so the, the, the landlord shows up at the door and then he just swans up and he's like, and angles has <laughs> given him money and he's like, um, ah, here's, here's your money. And then, and I'm kind of like, okay, well that. That conflict was resolved. Well, okay. then. Well, I'm glad we spent... Yeah.
0: Or even when he is kicked out of France at one point, it's kind of like you're not worried that there's a threat to his physical safety. It's more like, all right, guys, you have to leave, but you got 24 hours. And they're like, oh, no, 24 hours. What are we going to do? I mean, not that that... The thing is, is in real life, that's traumatic. But the way that it's translated on screen, I didn't feel that traumatic threat. Like, I didn't feel that... I mean, they had a home. They have a baby. Um, She's pregnant again. Like, they don't have much money. They are kind of outliers in that they're being – like, there's that bit where, like, I think they're subtly trying to demonstrate that, you know, they're kind of outlaws in the sense that, you know, they have to show their papers, Marx and Engels do, and then they run because they realize that the, they're Germans in this land and that could – Cause tension because they're not really welcomed there. Like, they didn't focus on that stuff so much. So, you don't really feel threatened when the authorities come into the house because it's kind of like, well, it's okay. Like, they'll figure it out, you know? And I know that some people are going to be like, yeah, but, you know, we already know that they did make it to the end. So, you don't really think they're going to die. But Fuck, you know what's going to happen at the end of Titanic, but James Cameron is able to make some fucking emotional stakes well, I think throughout that's that it. film, think, even if they're manipulative. I think, it, I think right?
1: weirdly the thing is that for somehow Marx is still kind of at a distance by the end of the film, even though like you feel like the film's trying to humanize him. You know, it, it, it feels kind of like I don't know, and I mean again, it's it's like that thing like what we like, were talking about. I'm I'm not gonna pick up on all of these Easter eggs, so i'm I can only really watch it from the standpoint of is this an interesting or engaging film and it's it just wasn't that interesting to me it just it was like for a two hour film it felt like it really dragged um and it's kind of that thing of when you realize that ultimately all this boils down to is you know they formed the party and they wrote a book, and obviously it's an important book, but it's just like they wrote a book. Okay, you know, and I and I think that's the thing of like things that you can look at historically and say this holds significance doesn't necessarily mean they're cinematically satisfying, you know, and I and I and I think there Hmm. would have been something really interesting potentially if like you could have seen more of the kind of this from like the workers standpoint of the conflict of the workers. And of course, the thing that I think is always very interesting about say, um, the issues that, that come from sort of like communism, this is also obviously, me speaking in the most broad terms, because, you know, my, my understanding is only so much, but it seems to me that there's always a certain problem that in order to make these things work, you have to get everyone to opt in. And essentially there's just a lot of people who really aren't going to want to live that way or aren't going to want to, you know, be part of that organization, and, you know, so it's like it's things like that that I find interesting sort of uh, conflict. And it's why, again, I think I'm mm. more interested in the worker's perspective than I am in what's going on with Engels and um, and Marx. Like, I don't feel like anything that I learned in this film isn't something I couldn't have read in a paragraph on like the back of a blurb or something, you know, of a blurb of a book. You know, it, it's kind of like mm. he wrote the book yeah, sure, I'm not really sure we got that much more out of it. Actually, you know, here's an interesting comparison. Did you ever see The Motorcycle Diaries? I did. See, I think The Motorcycle Diaries is a— good comparison. The Motorcycle Diaries is a much more interesting film to me because Mm. it's not necessarily building towards Che being a revolutionary. It's subtle in terms of the ways in which it's about him kind of being— him sort of starting to— in question the world and question what he believes. And I feel like the film doesn't mm. hammer it home, but ultimately it also really still keeps it engaged with this, um, this sort of narrative of these two young men having an adventure and it doesn't feel trite, but it also doesn't feel, t- and it also doesn't feel just hokey either. It's sort of like, it's about giving them, it's about giving the audience a kind of view or I, view into the sort of the, the world and the, the way that they're experiencing these things and what will ultimately become, you know, sort of influences in their lives. Um, and yeah, and I just, I I didn't feel like the film really managed that sort of level of subjectiveness that the viewer could kind of like see inside Marx's yeah. like brain or anything. Which is
0: interesting because it's not that that type of exploration of somebody is impossible. I mean, even though, of course, he is notoriously... Uh, a maybe the most popular sentimental filmmaker, but Spielberg's Lincoln, the culmination of the film is legislation, right? Like, so so what you have is you have a story about him trying to gain the votes necessary, right? And it shows the gamesmanship that he has to use, the deals that he has to make behind the scene. The reason that film was so interesting – it, for many people is because it kind of gave us some insight into some of the manipulative and maybe kind of not so uh, above the board and purely like ethical uh, elements of how politics is done. Because, you know, we think of Lincoln as being like this righteous Christian, he freed the slaves kind of dude. But you're kind of like, oh, he still utilized the tools of political gamesmanship and there were some tensions. But there's a lot of people just sitting around debating the merits of concepts oh, yeah. and ideas. And
1: I think – and I I will say – the ace in the hole that that film has is it has Tony Kushner writing the script and it's an incredibly Uh. witty and intelligent and wordy script. And it's like when Kushner has a character go into a monologue, it's like you, you're, you want to sit there and listen to that monologue. And I, I just don't, I think again, I'm obviously I'm reading subtitles a lot, but I, in this, but I, I didn't, that sort of wordplay or that kind of like poetic um soliloquy it didn't really exist in this film which is it's just funny because again i feel like it's almost there's something more communist in being such more uh to the point and 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 straightforward whereas it's it's a much more it's it's a much more capitalized idea possibly to be like overly flowery and not really you know sort of like get to um get to the thing i don't know
0: uh, oh, see, I, I would say it's the total opposite because uh, okay. capitalism is like a technological concern. It's about like prices and numbers and it's about efficiency, whereas Marx was a romantic. I mean he comes out of this uh, Hegelian tradition who's a, a really famous German philosopher. Um, and there's a there's a romanticism within the history of German thought that I think is there in a lot of Marx's writings that was – really lost i think in a lot of the dialogue here i
1: suppose why i say that is cuz i think of obviously communist countries as you know sort of very bluntly industrial and functional like you go to east right. germany versus west germany and you look at like the buildings that the soviets that uh, the the eastern government was building versus the buildings that the west german government was building you know and it's a very mm-hmm. you know you have functionality you know a sort of a, a disinterest in this kind of the, the the bourgeois ideas of kind of like architecture and beauty whereas like it's like almost like on the opposite side like the westerns they're building these largely funded too by the americans we're building these kind of opulent looking buildings (laughs) as a way of saying fuck you communists you know so i mean i think that's why i'm 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 saying that
0: Mm, totally i can see that yeah i again i wonder what it really felt like to me on this viewing was and i get this i get I get this sense a lot of times when I engage with people who are very well read in Marxist literature is that there's a way of communicating that is almost uh, mimetic. It's emulating stuff that they've read. So like they've read the rhetoric of the Communist Manifesto. And so when they stand up to give a speech, they speak at like a pace and they use a tone and they use phrasing. That I'm like, oh, you're clearly emulating, you know, these works that you've read of Trotsky or of Marx himself or something like that. And you were you were influenced by them and you found them impactful and they have kind of become part of your speech that you are now reproducing here for your audience. And so what I felt like is that the script kind of did that, but with like Marxist literature. You know, so it was very on the nose and it didn't have the poetic flourishing. And I don't know that that's attributable to Marx himself so much as it is like a particular style of um, leftist politics that is, you know, skeptical of God and skeptical of religion. And so it's very materialist. And so it can it can veer into that sort of like you're saying that sort of like brute fact terrain. And for me, that's actually does a real disservice to actually what is in marx when he's criticizing the division of labor for example in the works of adam smith adam smith is writing in 1776 and saying well why is it that these nations are so wealthy and he says well part of the reasons is because of the efficiencies of the division of labor you have one person who does one task and the next person does another task and they break up the tasks and that actually makes the process more efficient and Marx says okay yes it's more efficient but in doing that, you just become a kind of cog in the wheel and you lose something of your humanity whereas the craftsman before the tool was an extension of the craftsman, craftsman's imagination and ingenuity and being. And so Marx is bemoaning that tendency in the capitalist mode of production towards the division of labor. So there's a romanticism there about like the humanity and the wholeness of the person. And when I watch this film, as much as Marx himself is like a sexual being and a cool suave smoker, The poetry of being a human that is seeking to reclaim what was lost because of the industrial workplace is really minimized and I think lost. And that's where the drama is, right? You've lost something and you want it back.
1: I think the interesting thing is when I think about the themes that ultimately this film is ruminating on, um, I think that there's other films that are far more interesting in terms of how they are able to tackle it because they're able to tackle it much more directly. Like I feel like the fact that this film – is about Marx is almost like kind of shackles it in terms of what it can actually explore because ultimately it does, like we said, have to come down to a man sitting in a room writing a book. Um, <laughs> whereas to me, there's something, you know, if I'm watching, say something like, like a film that I really loved that came out a couple of years ago was a film called Pride, which was obviously all about, you know, the coal miner strike in Wales. And oh yeah it was about, like, great movie it was about like the you know the uh lgbt community in london going out to support the miners because they saw a sort of common enemy in the government um in the thatcher administration and that to me is a film that's just rich with so many fascinating like themes and ideas you know and i and i think you could extrapolate a lot of you know some of the the, the themes in this film onto that film it's not really a direct thing but it's you know but there's also this incredibly um this incredibly intense human angle to it because you not only have the minors, but you also have you know the the the, the gay people you know in london you have the aids crisis you have like you know people in on the, in the midst of on the edge of like financial ruin you have this kind of just you know really very recent you know uh you know crisis that is that that people are still feeling in this country to this day. It all feels very potent. You know, it, you, it feels very, you know, um, very vital and real. And this, the conflict in this just doesn't feel very immediate. And I think that's kind of one of the things that I find so disappointing about it. Because you feel, I mean, it's interesting because actually the thing it kind, the ending kind of reminded me a little bit of the end of um, Malcolm X where like Spike Lee is very much trying to tie the 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 legacy of Malcolm X into the real world and kind of give you this sort of sense mm-hmm. of how Malcolm X is vital and important as a figure. And I think actually that's the interesting comparison to a certain extent, is to look at, say, films about historical figures who are largely intellectuals and how the film still manages to make their their intellectual ideas dynamic and interesting by really grounding it within the real world. And I mean, here's the thing. Malcolm X is essentially Spike Lee trying to make um, the modern black filmmaking equivalent of a David Lean film. Like it's it's this big epic Mm. tome. So obviously he's doing, he has a lot more room to do what he's doing with it. But I think there's something very interesting in saying that Spike Lee manages to essentially make a film about a guy who again a lot of what he's famous for is standing up in front of people and giving speeches not necessarily you know going and you know brawling or doing anything like that but make it incredibly dynamic and interesting and engaging and and make you feel the stakes of it
0: yeah no i mean even even you mentioning the film pride i cannot get the scene when they sing bread and roses oh, together that's a great scene out yeah, of my that. head
1: that gets me that that gives me chills I,
0: I have chills right now like I, literally um, Actually the one the thing and, and there's the, not the, the thing that yeah.
1: always um the thing that always uh gets me about that film too is you know the bit where you know the um the minors show up at the end for the uh for the pride parade um mm. that just that always <laughs> I'm getting teary that right does, now I know it does it gets right. me all like I know. emotional it's like and again and that's yeah. a film where Again, the conflict feels—you know—the the, the the dramatic stakes feel there, which again, like, and that's the thing—is just like I I really do feel that's what that's what kills this film to a certain extent is that you never feel the stakes.
0: You know what? I wonder if it's because the stakes are all set up at the level of ideas, and I know we've said this multiple times, but it's it's just like I'm reiterating it in a different way. It, it's all a, because, like you said, because the story is pinned to Marx. The stakes seem that it's about. Uh, intellectual stakes which aren't as visceral and they're not as affective rather than but really what marx is concerned with is the well-being of humans in the working factory who like they say in the opening scene or at least when we're introduced to uh, mary byrne who's talking about like her fingers getting cut off like we don't see that stuff we don't see the workers who have no food we hear about people talking about it But you don't see it. You don't go into their worlds except through angles and marks being in their worlds, which makes it seem like you said, like cultural appropriation. It makes it seem like these elitists are just going in there and saying, well, we're going to speak on your behalf. Now, some people have criticized uh, marks and angles for that a little bit. I think that's unfair. Marx was—he was involved in organizing. Well,
1: I, I also but think it's, it's also—I also think it's the sort of thing too where you don't have a very realistic idea then of what um, uh, of of the time period. I mean, because you know, yeah, I, I I think it's naive to think that uh, you that a, a working class factory worker could have had the sort of had that sort of platform and be able to get things. I mean, a lot of these people weren't even that well educated. I mean, it would have been you know hard for people to write books and so that coming from that background
0: mm, yeah well mary mary Byrne, she was an activist prior to that and she in her own right she was very involved to the cause Um, as well as so was Jenny, Marx's wife. So they were a little bit outliers among the working class. They did have um, a relative amount of education. But you're absolutely right. And for me, what a much more powerful story would have been, and I don't know how you do this, so I'm being a bit unfair, but if you're going to tell a story about this time period, it would have been much more interesting to me to show somehow – bring us into the travails of the working class in Manchester, London, and have that be the story. It's be, it's almost because it's too big, it's too conceptual, they're trying to cover too much terrain, because it's supposed to be this biopic bromance between these two guys, particularly with with Marx being 1A and Engels being 1B, of an, in terms of importance, that it sort of dilutes the potency, because you kind of get a diffusion, rather than a... You need it to be condensed, you know, and that's where the film really loses a lot of its power.
1: Well, I think I think the interesting thing would have been potentially is if it widened its scope. It was more like an ensemble drama of this kind of time period and you cut around to different characters and Marx is just one of those characters in in that, that and would then be cool. you give a lot yeah. more context. I and mean, I, I'm trying to think of a better yes. example, but the only one I can really think of at the moment is the, the Tim Robbins film, The Cradle Will Rock, which is not like a a great movie, but I mean, it, it's that sort of structure where it's more like one of those... Again, I'm trying to think of... Like, I end up with things like The Longest Day, you know, or something like that, where it's like, it jumps around to a lot right. of different stories, but it's more like this overall view of this time period, rather than sort of just being about Marx. And I think that also then lends a lot more potency to what Marx is doing, because it means you have a lot more context to what's going on at the time. And you, you're very right. Like, I... I was surprised that the film didn't take more time to go more into the factory side of things. And I don't know, partially, I don't know, yeah, I can't imagine this was a an easy film to get funded. Like, you can mm. see the strings at times on it. And I and so I can imagine, mm. you know, that it's they had a lot of limitations in what they were able to do. Budget-wise
0: with it. I wonder how it would be received. Because this film was, you know, I mean relatively positive reviews but, you know, kind of mixed reviews. You know, like it wasn't a critical darling but also wasn't – Yeah, what I read was pretty mixed. Yeah, it's pretty mixed. So I think that if you are bought into political history, uh, particularly like radical conceptual political history – You are going to find all those Easter eggs and you're going to find more value in this film. Whereas if you want to go into a film to be affected by an art piece that can draw you in, impact you, teach you something, show you a different perspective of the world, um, this isn't that kind of film. And there is a story where you can do this. There's a way you can do this. I mean we've talked about a couple films that have done something about this. The problem is, is they're not as big. Right. Like they tend to be more isolated, like about the coal miners strike in relation to the LGBTQ community or LGBT community at that time in the 1980s. Like that's a very small, isolated incident where it's like. The stakes are clearly set, the drama, the sides are clearly articulated and 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 it doesn't kind of like flow through those things, but it's rather grounded in those things, whereas this one. It kind of like floats above the surface of the stakes and then tries to tell you why it's floating above the surface should elicit the emotion that it would otherwise if it were just simply grounded in those things. But the problem is is it's hard to make a story where Marx isn't the central character and he he he's just kind of like one of many because it doesn't seem to do justice to like – the historical importance of this guy. But I think that would be a better film. I think you're missing
1: it it there though because I think actually the way you have to look at it is the historical importance is not the man. The historical importance is the work. So therefore he – by building all of this context, it means that the creation of the work, therefore, has more of a potency at the end because you have more of a legitimacy to understand it. The actual in, It also means that you have much more context for what these intellectual thoughts are because ultimately, again, if Marx is just a guy sitting in a room having arguments with people and then writing a book – it's it gives me a little context to the viewer of what all of this means, and I think actually you know you've got to a certain extent look like what is the point of this film? Is the point of this film like and this is why I said it's kind of like it made me think of kind of like a fan film? Is it really for people who yeah. are fans of Marx to go oh. I, I know what he's referring to there. Oh yeah, I've I, I know that. Or is it to say this right. is why Marx is an important figure in history? This is why you put him up next to say uh you know, Darwin or Freud as the as, as the great revolutionary thinkers of the time. You know it would. yeah, I say the mm. time. It's not like Freud and Marx lived in the same time period, but you know, and you know, of the you know, of the past five hundred years, you know, it's like very revolutionary people with sort of revolutionary ideas. Um you know, and I, and I think that's actually what your goal needs to be. Your goal needs to be to make people understand the significance of the work, not to say wasn't the guy who wrote it.
0: Yeah, it's, it kind of falls into the trap of the great man trope, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Like, which is interesting, again, because I think, is I think weird.
1: both films that we cited, Lincoln and uh, Malcolm X, are also very much great man narratives. But for some reason, they managed to make it more dynamic and interesting. Hmm. What's your what's your, uh, you know what
0: I think I, yeah. I
1: was going to say what's what's your do you have much of a connection to Raul Peck outside of this cuz I you've seen I'm, I'm not your negro.
0: Yeah, um so I think and also just I've I've read some stuff that he's written um as an activist. So that was actually how I found him was first through that. But he um he is Haitian and so he has been involved with a lot of uh kind of let's say post haitian revolutionary Thinking. And there's actually one funny, I don't know if you caught it, but you will probably, again, this was an Easter egg. You wouldn't know this unless you knew that Peck was Haitian. There's a bit where Marx and Engels are walking, I believe it's before they go to find Proudhon, uh, before he gives them his new book that he's written, you know, The Philosophy of Poverty. And there's these people walking by and they say something about Port au Prince. And they're like, oh, I, I've got to do this before I get back to Port-au-Prince. And, I was, and it actually caught me by surprise for a second because obviously there's nothing in a film that's there by accident. So, I mean, obviously there are the happy accidents, but like dialogue from background characters walking by, that's intentional. So I was like, oh yeah, fucking Peck is from Haiti. And so there's something there. Now, I don't know what the importance is, but he clearly used that as, uh, as audible dialogue for a purpose. And so I was like, I wonder, I don't know what it is um but uh but yeah his his one of his um his famous film that he did prior to I'm not your Negro on this was called Lumumba, um which I have not seen but I have heard a lot about and I haven't seen it but it's um it's again a sort of like politically charged examination of uh the unrest in Congo in, in God I wanna say in the sixties and so but I haven't seen it I haven't seen it, um, but it's supposed to be really good, and that's a film that he – that was like his first uh, – like that that was the film that made him famous on the international scene as being a sort of like politically savvy filmmaker.
1: I think it's interesting because um, – again, I, I think – I do think, to a certain extent, that you're when you're watching so much of kind of like mainstream cinema, you're watching very much from a certain world view, certain perspective. So I think it's it's it is very interesting to watch a film that's kind of this kind of interested in enamored with Marx in a way that you just wouldn't get out of a mm. traditional American cinema. Um, so on that level, it's kind of interesting. But it yeah. it's still and well, like, and I, just I, wish and, it was and a I do movie. think it's- Im-
0: yeah and and I do think it's important that that political activists can make films like that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to watch this film, like boots Riley is a political activist and hip hop artist, and so, sorry to bother you, is kind of his political manifesto in narrativized form, and I think that having having voices that can really speak. From the trenches, so to speak, is really powerful because that's, you know, it, it can't just be in the art house communities where these films reside, where nobody ever sees these ideas because Hollywood isn't going to make films that actually in any way challenge thought. You're going to have to have independent artists and then there's going to have to be distribution that allows for them to get a voice unless it's going to be somebody like a Jordan Peele who somehow is able to just, but how many Jordan Peeles are there in the world? You know? like there's not there's not many, but they're somehow going to find that balance between broad public appeal, the historical moment, but also speaking from the trenches it's just not It's not easy, and so for me that's one of the things that I like about this 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 bridging of the the activist to the artist world that can hopefully have some level of relatively broad appeal
1: well i the interesting thing is too is that funnily, enough you mentioned that he's from Haiti, I actually think that there's a really Fascinating movie that, to be made about um, the slave uprising in Haiti because like Haiti was essentially an Absolutely. island that just got entirely, that, that had a revolution its slave population just entirely took over the island and I think there's something I would, I would that's a fascinating story and I would love to see somebody make that film and the problem is that within Haiti you don't have any kind of like real sort of big internal film market or people who can or or uh, an infrastructure to make movies so it's just like i'm always sitting there going like hoping there will be like haitian filmmakers who can get to some sort of like point where they'd be able to make something like that because it's just like i think it's a really it's one of those ones where you kind of sit there and you go like we are kind of stuck sometimes within you know the world of art by the means of production and who is you know what what sort of cultures what sort of people are actually have the kind of infrastructure and backing to actually make stories. Yeah, it's it's mm. you know cuz you're you're sitting there going like I, I look at say something like The Free State of Jones and I just kind of go like, you know, mm. I would far rather that money was being put into making some stories somewhere else because, you know, I've 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 seen quite a few right. civil war films at this point and this story doesn't in and of itself I don't find it interesting enough. I kind of like, I, there's other stories out there that would be far more interesting. So so I'm rambling, but it's just mm. because he's Haitian, it kind of really yeah, made yeah. me think about how I've always really wanted to see a film of that.
0: Yeah, and I've looked through his filmography actually and um, there isn't, uh, like there are, there are uh, like comments that are made in documentaries and things like that, but to actually make a dramatized version of that for a broad audience um would be would be good. Now I'm sure there's something that I'm just not aware of, like a French speaking film or um made something like that, right? I'm I'm sure there is something for people listening, if you know of any good films on the Haitian Revolution, well, send them let us know, hit us up on Twitter, but um I'm sure there's something, but it would be great if if it had like a broader appeal. I mean, even like 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 you the know, thing is
1: there are so many yeah, you yeah. You know, I'm 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 watching they have the uh they have the um the uh the mini series about Chernobyl coming out for h b o which looks really good and you know again, I think even like a mini series oh, right. or something like that would be really fascinating,
0: yeah, yeah again, I'm sure there is something, and if I just did a quick google um I'm sure I could find something, but that's the thing is the fact that it flies under the radar shows that um and you are a cinephile of cinephiles. So <laughs> the fact that you're kinda like, yeah, there's a real kind of like um empty spot there speaks to the fact that it's an an, unto- an undertold story, let's say.
1: We we'll have to wrap this up, but I, I will say the thing that I was disappointed at you know how like I talk about the Eureka moment um with films? Mm. I was kind of like hoping that there would be some point where Marx just looked in the mirror and went, Okay, what if I grew my beard bigger? Because his beard is very – obviously I think of Marx as like the the classic old photo of him when he was much older with like the giant beard. And so I was just – I was a little bit disappointed by his beard length in this film.
0: I was really disappointed that he wears that fucking hat everywhere. I'm like, come on. Just because there's some photos of him wearing that hat doesn't mean he's got that or something. Mm. Like, It made me feel like he was more bourgeois than – he was, yeah. You know, because I'm like, he's got this fucking top hat on the whole time. Mm. Take the hat off, please. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the important takeaways. All right, cool. Alle Philosophen haben bis jetzt immer nur die ganze Welt interpretiert. Aber man muss sie verändern. The bourgeois and the workers are they brothers? No, they are not. They are enemies.
1: Parents de du premier ministre François Guizot, vous êtes expulsé du territoire français. Ça reconnaître le sang qu'on tient le dans lettres. Et le bout dans la veine de tes écrits, mon It's interesting because I had actually an entirely different film that I was going to do. And then, um, weirdly, this film kind of inspired me to want to, uh, you know, delve into a story about uh, the workers and uh, make it a sort of oh. a film about aspirations and people who want to get yeah. beyond their station. It's sorely underrated. One of the very early performances of a uh, of, of Jake Gyllenhaal. It is a film about a bunch of boys growing up in a coal mining town who really want to build rockets. And that film is October sky.
0: I've never seen October sky. You know, that it's the
1: best kind of like sweet emotional drama. And yeah. And, and, and just like, because I kept thinking about how I wanted a film that was more about the conflict of the workers, uh, because this is a film set in a coal mining town in Virginia, I believe. Um, it just kind of made me think of this, so yeah. So I decided we're gonna watch *October Sky*. This film, this film will give you the feels. You get the feels, Austin.
0: Okay. I'm down for the feels.
1: Okay, so um, check out uh, our back catalog at iDigThisMovie.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at iDigThisMovie. Do um, you want to see more of my stuff? You can go to Kiersiewicz.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Breaking Point flicks. Um, and yeah
0: Austin yeah hit me up on Twitter Austin underscore Hayden Insta A-U-S underscore H-A-Y I'm constantly tweeting about Marx related issues as well so you know if you want more hit me up peeps